This one isn't an adventure. This is just a Q&A to meet the fastballs. Okay, so I call I called this uh, meet the farcical. Uh, I, I hope you don't disagree. It is not the latest blockbuster by Ben Stiller. It's what I decided we'd call this little uh, diver diversion episode. Yeah, this is the the prequel. Right. Um, so yeah, we've had a few questions from people on Twitter and. I, I've I've um, I've come up with a couple and I and you have as well, Rod. So shall we just get into it? Yeah, let's get get stuck in. Cool. Um, the one I thought was uh, first to uh, deal with is because um, we say it at the beginning of it, you know it opens. It's very close to the beginning of every episode. Um, what is a GM Macastrix? Or do you what, is a G what, what is a GM Acastrix? I, I do not know. You have made something up. I do know, but I'm playing devil's advocate. Yeah, so it basically it's asterix, i.e. with caveat. Um, because uh, apart from the Stars Without Number game, I'm not sure I've de de been a DM for our group in maybe something... It's, it's probably not quite a year, but it must be coming up close. Uh, I'd say so. I mean, well, when was the last one? It was about February time, wasn't it? When lockdown started. Uh, well, I did, did some things. Like I did the Warhammer Fantasy one shot, and I did some of the Star Wars stuff. You did some of the Star Wars stuff. Dan did some of the Star Wars stuff. Yeah. Um. But yeah, but the, the the phrase as well, so it's just meant to mean that I, prior to lockdown, was the forever GM. But uh, in the virtual world, uh, I've turned out to be more of a player. Uh, it, if I look back on since the whole lockdown thing started. Uh, but yeah, and it comes from the TV show The League with the character Kevin McCastrix, because his... Uh, his championship comes with an asterisk because of his, collu his wife, collusion. His wife, Jenny, did pick the roster, that's right. Um, so that's, I'm surprised no one, no one asked that because we said it's, you know, it's not like a throwaway line. It, it shows up every week. And, uh, and so if you did want to know, now you know. If you don't want to know, well, you know now anyway. Now, yeah, now we know. Now we know. We know now. <laughs> I think we may have to explain that <laughs> in, in a subsequent episode. Gentle again, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so these are some questions uh, from uh, at Double DM Pod on Twitter, uh, Nils and Emil. Uh, so do you want to alternate, like, we'll both answer them, but uh, do you want to alternate who goes first? So I'll ask the question, you answer, then I'll answer, then you ask the question. Yeah, Yeah, sure. I do have a question for them first, though. Um, 
I want to know what the T-shirt and the hat looked like because he said he was going to wear the shit out of the hat and I would love to know what it all looked like. I haven't noticed if he's posted any pictures of it up. Yeah, I don't think he has. So if we we if we if we haven't seen it, I apologize, but yes, I uh I'll second that. Uh we need to see the the hat and the t-shirt. We need to see it. Yes. Um first but... question, sorry. Go ahead. No, okay. if you um, want to take the lead, Co. Yeah, of course. One of the first questions was uh it's a pretty standard question. I think it was a very sensible one too. How did you get into tabletop role-playing games? Okay, so this has several answers as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I'm not sure about yourself, but... So, Baldur's Gate and Neverwinter's Nights, the computer games, they made me aware of the concept because they're computer games based on the tabletop game, as well as... Um, there was a Hunter the Reckoning. It was a uh, White Wolf World of Darkness game, uh, which was also obviously based on their property. Um, so how did I get into TTRPGs? You could argue that that was the seed, but so I bought um, the D&D 3.5 Player's Handbook when I was a, a teenager. And I played one game that was DM'd by a guy at a local war games club. And basically, he made it really, really hard. We all died immediately, and it kind of killed all interest in it um, for me. Until, um, uh, and so my, my um, tabletop experience was a little bit of, um, I ran a, Tried to run a World of Darkness game um, sometime, probably 10 years ago. Uh, and although it was fun, it was a complete disaster. It was a, I believe the term is a comedy of errors, isn't it? Um, as in, so it was really funny, but it was, it was by no means a well-run game. But I didn't get into uh, TTRPGs um, properly, properly until 2016 when I... Uh, um, answered uh, well, not answered. It's not a like a classical ad. Classical ad, classified, isn't it? Um, yeah. Basically, uh, the website meetup for anyone who's familiar with it. Uh, there was a meetup saying, "Hey, I don't know how to play Dungeons and Dragons. Who wants to try and figure it out with me?" Um, and although I'd never ended up playing with that person, that it was essentially. Uh, people I met uh, at that event, uh, basically, that uh, did actually kind of lead to me getting into uh, tabletop role-playing games. And, I pro and it's probably quite accurate to say that I've probably played, you know, with some exceptions, pretty much every week since. Very Especially nice. if So that's my story. Very nice. Um, mine was, uh, well, initially I played, similar to yourself, I played, um, a computer game based off of the framework and rule set of 3.5. So I was playing Knights of the Old Republic. And 
this is this is pretty much at the the infancy of the internet when things were all forums. So I, I read that it was based off of three point five. I immediately went out and bought the rules of three point five to understand the system a little bit better. Um, this was a long time ago. This is we're talking in the nineties year. Um, and then I'd always looked for places to you know to to play this game. Um, I was interested in playing this game. I signed up to many a different website that advertises you out there as a player. Um, again, this was before the internet as at large as we know it now. There was no Roll20. These these things didn't exist. Um, and it just sort of fell from grace after a while. Eventually, then I got into uh, Play by Post. So again, using a forum, the people would mark their actions and, and their their speech and what in a post and then you would then reply to it and, and so on and so forth. So it's almost like a chat but very descriptive uh, sort of um, formally written third person sort of past tense point of view. Um, and I played that for a very 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 long time uh, in all fairness. Um, and then eventually there was similar to yourself. I didn't answer anything in in the website or, or app meetup. I answered a um, a Facebook uh, profile or a Facebook advertisement of some sort, um, and that's where I met you. That was that was the first time that I properly played with people in a room face to face, where you were the GM running a game with other people, and that I yeah. believe was two thousand and. 18? 17? 16. 16. I thought you were playing long before that because you had the other group, didn't you? The otherwise known as Traitor Group. Uh, the Traitor Group, actually, um, just a little bit of context. I did used to have two regular groups, the group Rod's in and another one. Um, they actually started almost at the same time. Um, and I think uh, they, the traitor group, as it were, uh, as you, you, you have uh, yes, you've always called he was, them. He was, he was therefore no longer loyal to us as a group. He was being, he was traitoring himself off with a yeah. different group. But basically, uh, yes, that group start, started uh, not long after our group. So it, so... The Rise of the Rune Lords group, which is what we played uh, or started playing, um, that did come first. So it's safe to say then we've both been playing tabletop role-playing games for five years and been friends for about three months. Yeah. Fair enough. Obviously, we're joking. We've been friends for a lot longer than that. It's four or five. Um, right. So... Next question is, what's your favorite tabletop role-playing game? Well, this is a contentious one, to be honest with you. Um, the majority of the games I like and the setting I prefer is a sci-fi setting, be it the grim darkness of the 40,000th millennium of Warhammer. 40,000 bit Wrath and Glory or Dark Heresy. Um, then there's Stars Without Numbers. There was or is Starfinder. And of course, there is uh, 
Star Wars in its many different forms. There's a D20, there's a unique dice version from Fantasy Flight Games, and there's the D6. Yeah. Um, those games don't tend to want to be played by other people, so I have to set aside my own wants and needs to be able to be part of the crowd, as it were, because the, the sticky-out nail is always hammered down. Plus, the systems maybe don't always work, and people, if you can't find a GM to play them, uh, then they're not going to be played in the first place. So there, there is that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you've got the old favourite uh, fifth edition. Everyone loves fifth edition. Um, I've only played it once, but I enjoyed Fiasco and Dread as well. I only played that once and I really enjoyed it. But, yeah, if I had to say what is my favourite one of all time, uh, I don't know. I really enjoyed playing Dark Heresy. i got to say, because of the setting, it... it it's something that I really love and, and have investment in, and I know a lot about the law and whatnot. So I would say, as a slight bit of bias, Dark Heresy. What about yourself, Alan? Yeah, I find it quite hard to say, to give a definitive favourite. Um, I did consider Dread, but I thought, because I've only played it once, uh, making it, giving it the top spot was a bit... Uh, presumptuous um I, I i would say that probably my favorite is the the genesis structure as in so star wars fantasy flight or the generic genesis um it's a unique set of dice uh to, to describe it where it's a, a versus system almost where you have um fine fantasy games Fantasy flight games tend to do that quite a lot. Most of their um, board games will also implement the similar sort of system, whereby you have, like your skills, the higher the number, the better off you are, uh, and then it's versus the difficulty. So rather than you having to hit a target number, which is always set, the, 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 they're the opposite dice. So for every green dice, which is a D8, there's a purple dice, which is also a D8. For every uh, D12... Uh, yes. Dice. For yeah. every D12 yellow dice, there is a D12 red dice. Um, so yeah, you're not going against a specific a target number. You're having to battle the dice themselves almost. Um, and obviously, you want to outweigh those bad dice with your good dice. So that's where the, the the need and want to improve your character comes from. But yeah, I I though I'm not sure it is my favorite system as such, but. There's lots of good, like, I liked our Star Wars campaigns. We've had a couple. Uh, I liked the uh, Weird War, if you remember the, the World War II. Uh, yeah, I remember that one. That was a, a you called it a, a comedy of errors. I'd call it a catalogue of errors. <laughs> that one was, was pretty good. Yeah, I enjoyed that one. Yeah, um, we did the uh, uh, ur- ur- urban urban monster hunters one in oh, Genesis yeah, yeah. as well. That was great. That was that was. I enjoyed that one because we could um, flip the destiny points and gain whatever we wanted as we needed it, and we chose a Prius. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, because 
I, I, I know it's a bit unfair because the, the thing is we played 5th edition more than anything else, but I, I'm pretty certain that 5th edition is not my favourite. I would go so far as to agree, yeah. I mean, I I liked the 3.5, but then I, I also like a bit of crunch as well. So I would say Pathfinder would be better than 3.5 for me because of its diversity. It's it's as broad as it is deep. So yeah, I like I like that. Um, but yeah, for my absolute favourite though, Dark Heresy for me. Oh, and I'll let you go first on this one because you've probably got more to draw from, or rather, actually no, I'll let, I'll you can go second because the next one is about favourite player character, and you probably have more options than I do. Uh, um, I know my least favourite character. But yeah, sure. What is your uh, favorite player character that you've played? Okay, so it would be um, a toss-up. And again, the one of them, you could argue, shouldn't really be in the running. Um, but I think uh, I had a, uh, a monk character called Ornim. Uh, in D and D fifth edition, if anyone was worried, uh, wondering on system, uh, it's uh, and basically he died and got resurrected by the spirits of the forest and turned into a tree man type thing. So as in he could photosynthesize and it didn't really have any uh, rule effects other than uh, instead of eating, I could just stand out in the sun. Um, but uh, I quite liked that, and I quite liked uh, leaning into him having uh, kind of weird, inhuman thought processes now that he was part plant. Uh, so I think in terms of a normal character, he was my favourite. And the other one, and this is why I said people are going to go, this shouldn't count, is I can't remember their name. But it was in uh, the game of dread that you also played, oh, uh, yeah. where we where it was the dread setup was it was the the kind of teenage slasher film where we were all have in a party in the in, in, you know in the cabin in the woods, uh, and I was the uh, mascot of the school's lacrosse team, was it? It was lacrosse team, yeah. Following on yeah. from Archer again. Um, but yeah, I was the uh, the the stoned out of his mind mascot of the, of the was it the muskrats? He was a muskrat. Yeah, he was a muskrat. Um, and basically, I just spent the whole game bumbling from one scene to the next and just spouting out crazy like whatever random thought I had in my head. Um, so I'm quite annoyed I can't remember his name. But I don't uh, remember. it led to some brevity though. I gotta say it, it was it was no levity. You know, we were meant yeah. to be really scared about this game and <laughs> we just say the stupidest things. But he did nearly survive. He 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 made it till nearly dawn. He, his his death, he survived the game in my opinion. His death came from a D sex machina. It was it was a cutscene. You had no say in the matter. 
yeah but uh yeah so those are my two favorite my my real my normal favorite character and my favorite character that some people might go oh that doesn't count okay what about for yourself my, for myself um I can tell you, like I said, I can tell you easily off the top of my head which one is my least favorite, and that was the Kenku Bard I made. Because the intention was um, for me to uh, basically respond in song via lyric, because that would be the imitation. He's heard the song and he knows how to apply it. So that was my intention. However, when put on the spot, Finding the song lyric to match what I wanted to say was a lot harder a task than I'd anticipated. And it basically boiled down to me singing what I wanted to say, but with a small sort of tuny lilt while playing the air guitar. And I just, the concept in my opinion was solid, but the execution was very poor. My most favorite character, again, for yourself, this is a toss up. I mean, one of them has permeated the entirety of my life. There was this D and uh, sorry, uh, Dark Heresy character that I played. He's the he was the leader or the HQ of one of the armies that I play in Warhammer Forty K. He has his own fleet in Battlefleet Gothic, so he is the central character in a lot of things and uh, that I do and and sort of uh, dictates my choices. His name was uh, Gabriel Castleman an Inquisitor character for that, and the Skirmish game Inquisitor for that matter, 54mm. Um, the other one, though, would have been my uh, paladin. His name was Garrett C. Reaver. It was a, a given surname. That wasn't his actual surname. Uh, he killed a sea hag. He reaved a sea hag. Um, and I think he, he was fun to play. It was my first introduction as paladin and i feel like i want to be paladin all the time that that's that's my um my main i think is what you youth call it i believe so yeah um but yeah i, I just want to try and move around a bit and taste all the flavors before i go back to the good old favorite paladin um and i think i played him a bit bipolar that's the thing see scenes in D D are so short from one week to the next that um, you don't get a chance to flesh out your character too much on an adventure from from a book that is. So one minute he's crying over the loss of his his family, and the next then he's you know charging in, tanking everything. But uh, I enjoyed it. He was very heroic, and uh, you'll you'll stay with me for a long while. Yeah, I get what you mean. It's a bit like um, I don't know if you played the 2013 Tomb Raider reboot. No. Okay. Well, early on, there's a scene where you kill the first human character, mm-hmm. and then there's a cutscene where she's doing the whole "Oh my God, what have I done?" thing, and then you get control again, and you mow down about twenty other people without skipping a beat. Um, so it's that kind of thing you mean of uh, the emotional whiplash. I think is. The term and it it, it not quite uh holding together that is very very true yes i agree um we've also been asked uh 
what is our because adventurize is basically taking as many different genres and media as we can and trying to put that to a tabletop role play framework uh, as an adventure so we've been asked as well what is our favorite movie um or perhaps maybe genre um and then all the other different types of media has also been put out there. So video games, music, TV series, and so forth. So we'll start first of all with movie. What is your favorite? Can you pinpoint it? Because I know I'm going to struggle. Uh, I don't know, and it will change from day to day. But uh, one that I have seen the most times, and the one I have, and this is an odd one, uh, the one I've bought the most time because it's I had the standard edition, then I bought a special edition, and I then also bought. Uh, uh, I you know I, I I stepped up to Blu-ray for it as well. And I guess. Uh, yeah. Um. Do, do you want to? Well, my serious answer would be the Matrix. Okay. But my silly answer would be Emmanuel. Okay, neither is correct. Oh well. And you're you you're arguably closer with Emmanuel. Because <laughs> okay. Emmanuel is a is oh maybe I'm not that is French. It is in is in French, isn't it? It is a French film. It's a little bit uh, risque. It's it's sort of porkies, but for the French, I would imagine. Okay, because yes, it's not it's not in English. It's not in French though. Do you want to have a second guess? That's boot. Oh no. Oh. I don't know then. No, go ahead. Uh, it's. Um, I imagine you've seen it because it's quite a um, a popular thing. Um, but um, Battle Royale. The oh Japanese yes, yes. That's a good shout, that is. Yeah, I've got a steel box of that. I love Battle Royale. Yeah, I even, I even have read the book as well. Oh, from left to right. No, right to left. Uh, but yeah, so that, like I said, because I... That one has been... Although I could never really say which one is top, top, that one has been towards the top for a long time, so... That's what I'd say. Okay. Um, with me, it changes a lot. When I was younger, I used to say a film called Confidence with Dustin Hoffman and uh, Rachel Weiss. But now I'm more inclined to say Akira. I do like Akira, but now all of the um, all of the Studio Ghibli films are on Netflix. I want to say my. Uh, uh, Porco Rosso. So I, I, it, it, there's never no one way of pinning it down. But always in my top five, guaranteed within my top five would be Aliens. So let me just, I'll, I'll say that one then, because it's always going to be there very rarely to be ousted. So I'll say Aliens. Okay. Uh, video game again. Uh, speaking from a nostalgia point of view. Uh, either Final Fantasy VII or Silent Hill 2. I loved Final Fantasy VII. I agree with that. Um, I liked Full Throttle as well. Oh. Which was a, a Tim Schafer uh, double fine. Yes, sorry. When he was still with LucasArts. In fact, scratch that. Although 
they both are are very good and probably in the top three. No, the top one is Grim Fandango. Grim Fandango is my favorite computer game. I want to say that's another Tim Schafer one, isn't it? Grim Fandango. It, it, it is, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, and Day of the Tentacle as well. I think Tim Schafer before he became odd, and he did that Jack Black one. Um, is Brutal really good. legend. Yeah. yeah, and he did Psychonauts as well. So yeah, Tim Schafer is a, is a is quite a good uh, good shout with that one. So yeah, that one Final Fantasy VII full throttle as a little nostalgic throwback because I remember spending hours trying to figure out the puzzles on that. Again, before the internet, see? Yeah, uh, so music, uh, let's say, uh, see, this one is quite hard for me to narrow it down. So I will say, I will just say three, three, three bands I like that are coming to mind. Uh, Mastodon, uh, Narwolves, and... Uh, I'll stick Tom Waits in there. There we go. Okay. Um, mine's a bit odd like that. I mean, Limp Biscuit would have been. I know it's controversial and people are going to spit on me in the street now. But yeah, I like Limp Biscuit. I still do. Um, Bruce Springsteen and Billy Joel. I used to sing a lot of Billy Joel. Um, and but Brown Eyed Girl by Van Morrison was my karaoke song. So it's a, it's a little bit of a mixed bag, really, for me. Um, and I've always I've always touched upon little things going as they they came and they went. So Linkin Park uh, Hybrid Theory, you know, was always on when I when I was driving my first car back when I was like eighteen, nineteen. Um, what about you? What's what's your karaoke song? Uh, I've done karaoke a sum total of three times, I believe. Uh, I did Ace of Spades by Motorhead. It's the only one I believe I, that I've done by myself. Yeah. Uh, I did God Save the Queen by the Sex Pistols with a couple of friends. Uh, and uh, the best one uh, was I did do a Tribute by Tenacious D with a couple of friends, but I only did the devil parts. So I was basically just stood up there for five minutes and said, play the best song. That whole bit. I know, I know it, yeah. Um, oh, I've done karaoke loads. I think the one that I... Um, for some, I won't go on a tangent, but yeah, I, I enjoy a bit of karaoke. Um, television series. This is going to be a broad one now because the world has changed. We've got Amazon Prime, Disney+. Plus. Uh, What's the other one? I said it already. Netflix, HBO Max. We haven't got the access to that. We definitely aren't using a VPN. Um, other things that are available as well. Hulu. So, television mm -hmm. series. Too many in my thing, as in, I can give a couple of ones I like, but I think a favorite would be to. The, the, like you say, there's so many streaming platforms that you're kind of spoiled for choice, and a lot of stuff is really good. Um, uh, like this year, I enjoyed Invincible, um, and relate kind of similar to Invincible, and also on Amazon Prime, The Boys. I, I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Castlevania on Netflix. Uh, 
um, as uh, um, uh, what else? Um, yeah, that, that's the thing. There's too many. I keep I'm thinking, and there's too many. What I will say is my favorite, the one I enjoyed watching the most this year so far, um, is Invincible. But okay, that's more. Uh, it it's probably like one of the most recent as well. And I'm sure if you ask me in a month's time, there'll be something else. Mm, that's true, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it's changing the older I get as well, because the more time and money I can invest in a show. So currently, I would say The Mandalorian, without a shadow of a doubt, is is up there. You know, I uh, think I can... See that that what that's another one of it most definitely should be up there, but I forgot about it. Yeah, if I it, it shoots straight to the top, and I'll snap up every little bit of merchandise I can get hold of. I even have had for Christmas uh, Baby Yoda bed sheets because uh, you can buy them from China in on eBay. Um, so yeah, for king size as well. So yeah, why, Baby Yoda bed sheets. Why did I say Invincible when I could have said The Mandalorian? Because the Invincible is very, very good. There's no denying it. The Boys, I didn't think of The Boys for a second. It's a brilliant, brilliant show. Uh, Rick and Morty, season five, is free to watch on YouTube in the uh, in the colonies there. Very, very good. Rick and Morty's great. Solar Opposites. Um, so, yeah, if I was going to say serious drama, I would say Mandalorian. If I was going to say cartoon for children... I would say it is... Oh, this is a tough one. It's going to be Gargoyles. It's either Gargoyles or uh, Exo Squad, but I'm going to say Gargoyles. If it's an adult television, uh, adult cartoon, it would be drawn together. Sorry, Rick and Morty, it's all gruesome and sick and there's lots of swearing, but nothing will beat (laughs) Captain Hero's nemesis, whose only goal is to make him wash and shave his testicles. So, yeah, I mean, that's, to me, it's brilliant. I love it. The fact that the Link-esque character, Xander, realizes he's gay and then no longer bothers to save the princess, leaving her to her fate. It's, yeah, I, I love Drawn Together. That's brilliant. But, yeah, Mandalorian. Uh, the, my favorite adult drama would probably be hmm, You. I, oh, I that... like Breaking Bad, but it wasn't, yeah, it's it's not up there. So maybe You, I like that. Or American Story. Yeah, but I also like a lot of the tra- the trashy, cozy mystery stuff. So like um Poirot, Miss Marple, um Oh Jonathan Creek then in that case. Jonathan Creek, yeah. Oh mwah, chef's kiss, double chef's kiss, beautiful. Uh, I never had time for that sort of thing. See, it was because Midsummer Murders is like five hours long, isn't it, each episode? No, t- t- well, two hours on TV. So if you watch them on a DVD or a streaming platform there, uh 90 minutes. Yeah, I got I got no time for that two-hour nonsense in one sitting. Blow it. Um, but yeah. What else would there be? Um, there was an etc. So what else is there? Um, favorite book? Oh, uh, uh, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep by Philip K. Dick. Oh. Uh, favorite comic? Uh, oh, my favorite one recently that I've started reading, but I'm not up to date or on any comics is uh, um, Hack Slash. 
I would go so far as to say mine is mouse or mouse. I don't know how you would say that. Mouse, M-A-U-S, mouse. Yeah, it is. It's, it is just mouse, but, you know, if you were speak, speaking Sorry. German, you'd, you'd speak it in a, in a slightly German accent, yeah. Mouse. I just, to get it, I always just say, Rouse, mouse. There we are, job done. Um, my favourite book, because I am a glutton for punishment, is Flowers for Algernon. That is surprising. Is that... What, what were you thinking, I would say, then? What would be your guess? Uh, well, you said glutton for punishment, so I thought it was going to be some... I didn't know what it was going to be, but I thought it was going to be a... Like a long-going series that has long gone downhill, but you were still reading? Ah, uh, no. No, I'm a glutton for punishment because that is, that'll make you ugly cry, in my opinion. And if you don't, then you're not particularly normal it you may possibly be on one of the the five key points for psychopathy but uh yeah flowers for algernon is just it's a tearjerker in my opinion it's a beautiful beautiful book i've never read it but i am familiar with it and uh there's lots of inspired by stuff knocking around and it uh with the exception of things like the always sunny in philadelphia one where it's done entirely for amusement there, there generally is. Uh, uh... Is that the one where he is very query? Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> and he wants to make a cat talk to a spider. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, right. So, onward and upward. Uh, we're still with uh, Nils and Emil. What flavors do you bring to the table that make your tabletop roleplay podcasts your own? Actually, that's from Aiden Kinsella, or at oh. Kinsella Aiden. Thank you, at Aiden Kinsella. I, I'm apologising in advance there. Or, well, actually, it's after the fact. I apologise for getting you mixed up on my list. But what flavours do you bring to the table? So I imagine what sort of characteristics. Is that what he's suggesting there? Is that what he's alluding to? Or is he just literally mean Raspberry Ripple? Um... I, I would assume the first one, but um, we can answer the second one as well if you have an answer for that. But I, I would say that the, the flavour is um, by talking about stealing stuff from media. Uh, we're, it's not necessarily unique. Everyone does it, but we're just uh, upfront about the fact it's it's like everyone steals Let's let's talk about stealing stuff, so or you, or being inspired by. If you if if you if you really don't want to say stealing, you bring that confidence to to break down the social barriers. Then that's a really grandiose way to say it. Yeah, what he said. Uh, for myself, I think it's. The verbal diarrhea, to be honest with you, the fact that what could have been a 20 minute episode ends up being an hour long because I tend to just talk and talk and talk and talk. And um, yeah, I think that's what I bring to it. Uh, there have been, I've made it my absolute goal uh, to try and sort of get a sort of that's a good idea reaction from you every time. So I'll oftentimes try and think of something that will 
really sort of spark your creative juices and make you think, oh, this makes it all worthwhile because that's a beautiful little idea. I hope someone out there gets something similar. Um, that's what I aim for myself. Cool. And what excites you most about storytelling in an audio medium? Uh, and my answer is not very... Uh... So it's not very uh, inspiring, I would say. I like the fact that if it's audio, you can do other things while it's on. <laughs> um, we're not necessarily in storytelling. We're not, a, we're not a recording of our D&D games and then being replayed for other people's amusement and enjoyment. Um, ours is more of an educational one, I feel. Um, but the same thing applies. I, I, the reason I like audio is audio, uh, you can integrate it with other stuff you're doing in your life. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that, I like it for what excites me most is, the, the, again, the same thing that I, I mentioned to yourself, that sort of penny dropping going, that is a brilliant seed that I would like to try and do myself. Um, so that that's what I aim for anyway. Whether or not I actually succeed is another thing, but that's the intention. And this was uh, another another one of my questions, I guess. So looking back at the the ones we've done, which one's your favourite? Which one's your least favourite? Oh, uh, crikey! I don't even remember <laughs> what ones we've done now. Um. My least favourite, I would start with that one. I would probably say um, Aquaman. I wasn't keen on the film. It was pretty much the first one we ever did. It was it was rusty and a bit dry. And I don't think much personality of either of us came through. So I would say Aquaman. My favourite one has yet to be released. That one is due out in... Have we missed the boat? No, we haven't. It's due out on the 15th of July? Or have we slipped the bed and it was meant to be last week? No, it was. It's, it is July 16th, I think, or 15th, one of the two. I thought so, because it was the 16th last week, and I thought, oh, hell, we haven't missed the, the ticket. So I don't want to give too much away, but yes, sometime in July, the, the finale of season one uh, will be released, and that is my favourite one. That... I was looking forward most of all to actually doing that one. A lot of ideas. That was that was very fertile ground. Uh, but yeah, so my least favorite, I agree, Aquaman. Uh, it was the first one we did. We made so many mistakes um, that I I like. It, it just makes me think, oh, this could be so much better. Um, but I think that's a common thing about the first few things you do. So. Uh, yeah, and my favourite, uh, like you say, it's I. The one uh, you said that's coming up is uh, is very good, and was one that um, the topic was something that I definitely wanted to talk about. But I actually quite liked our dread. I think our dread one was pretty good, pretty. Uh, um, pretty interesting, but maybe. See, I know I'm I'm cheating now, but no, I I would actually say my favorite is uh, Bushes of Love because it was such a weird 
uh, source material, but we still got quite a lot out of it. I thought you'd have said Serious House on Serious Earth. That that one again was very fruitful ground. A lot. I didn't expect a lot to come from that. I thought it's just going to be pretty straightforward. It's Batman, job done. But a lot more came forward from it, and I was like, I was, I was quite surprised by that one. But still, the one that's yet to come is is for me the real standout. That one was the impetus for me to keep doing this. That's where I thought we, we've got something here. Cool. Which actually brings me to my question to you, sir. Why did you start uh, not just Phantasmal Farce, but the Adventurize podcast itself? Because uh, I thought it was, uh, well, I thought that there weren't many things doing the, well, possibly nothing doing the exact same thing and very few things doing similar things. Um, and yeah, it was just... Um, like I think I mentioned on the, although I said it's my least favorite episode, the Aquaman episode, uh, I just got used to watching things and going, and just literally watching anything and thinking, ooh, how could that be a D&D adventure? How could that be this, that, or the other? Um, so yeah, it was that. It was just it was just um because we discussed doing a podcast for a long time. Uh and it just kind of clicked that uh it would be relatively unique. There's no uh fully unique ideas under the sun. But also as well, it was like, well, my brain seems to do this anyway when I watch films and stuff. So why not do something with it? Um, we've explained what is GM Acastrix. Let's let everyone in to our little sort of inside joke. What is the significance of the Mr. Sheen sponsorship? Uh, so we were playing uh, a game of Worms Armageddon, I want to say, or Worms United or Worms something. The, mm. the game where you're worms and you blow up at the worms. And someone streamed it to twitch and for some reason i just decided that i would shout out mr muscle because i want that mr muscle cash and ever since then it's been a running joke that i want a sponsorship by mr muscle and if they are listening and want to sponsor me i i i will not uh turn them down it's it 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 it's essentially a uh just one of those weird running jokes, but I'm going to keep running with it. <laughs> of course. Um, so season one has almost come to a close now. It is pretty much officially finished. Uh, how does that make you feel? Do you feel accomplished? Does it? Do you feel better now than when you started? Or is it sort of you've scratched that itch, you're more than happy now to, to hang up your your cleats uh no it's good like i think we we did something good and i think but i think we can also uh you know build and do things better so yeah onwards and upwards as they say the last one from me then um why is adventure system agnostic 
I mean, everybody seems to be playing fifth edition. So why aren't we focusing solely on fifth edition? I mean, is it gatekeeping not to promote fifth edition at all time, every time? Shouldn't we be going where the crowd is? Uh, I the whole is it gatekeeping? That's uh, that's 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 for Twitter to to hash out. I would say, but um, my personal thought is, I've played other systems. I like other systems. It, I I I like looking at everything that that is to offer. Like, you know, I I don't really have a uh, uh, a strong thing other than you know, and also as well, there's some stories that you can tell better with other systems. Uh, so I think we'd be more limited in what we could do episodes on if we were only ever going to talk about five uh, e. Like, I don't think Archer. Is a very five. I think we said that in the episode. It's not very five e compatible. Um, so yeah, it was just to to be less limited. I know constraints are good, but that was my thought: is be a bit more wide open. Thank you for listening. If you have any more questions you want, please do send them to us on Twitter. And you-